listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. So, Tom, where where are you coming uh, to us from right now, exactly? Are you in London proper? I'm in London, in the UK. How do you pronounce your actual town? Ealing. Ealing. Yeah, okay. a, so um, London's split into 33 local authority boroughs, and Ealing is one of those. Okay. So we're, we are West London, not too far from Heathrow Airport. Mm. You guys are probably coming out of hibernation, much like we are. Because we're in obviously the northern U.S. and so we're finally getting spring. It's like we've it's been like six months of just crap. Are you guys in the same boat? I, I'm not sure we've come out of it. <laughs> it it's, it's quite nice and sunny today, but it's uh, um, the forecast is to rain all weekend. We've got a very exciting weekend because um, our king is about to, is going to have his coronation on Saturday. So we've got a long bank holiday weekend, and it's going to rain all weekend. Mm. <laughs> Now, is that a big deal for you, or is it just the time off that's exciting? <laughs> for me personally or the country? Both. Uh, it's a big deal for the country, I think. Um, uh, it's interesting because it's interesting the Queen was hugely loved by the majority of the public. I think, um, so we had her 70 years on the throne and then the funeral, and I think everyone might be a little bit over royal celebrations. Um, mm. Um, I, I mean, I, do you know what? I, I'll probably watch it and uh, and hang the time off we get. So we get Monday off work as well this week. Um, so that's a bonus, isn't it? Yes. It's yeah. interesting about that in the whole royal family thing um, is that the U.S. over here, I don't know if you spent a lot of time here, but we're so U.S.-centric that we have a hard time seeing outside of our own box, right? Like the U.S. is the center of the universe. <laughs> Other yeah. than the royal family. Like everybody in the U.S., not everybody, yeah. but in general, it's the one place we look and somehow care about outside of our own ongoing. So everybody here is fascinated with that. Yeah, I've heard it. And of course, uh, with uh, an American sort of coming into the royal family as well, that's that's changed the dynamic uh, somewhat. But uh, yeah, do you know what? It's still, I would still be in favor of, of the monarchy in this country, definitely. Um and it's a it's a big deal this weekend. It will be a big deal. Um, you know, none none of us, very few people, have seen a change of the head of you know the head of the royal family um, given the queen reign for such a long time. So, so it should be a big thing. Does that shut things down, or does it open it up? Um, um, so central London, around where where it'll all happen, um, it's all been. Uh, you know, it's all been the, the event site, if you like, has been set up for the last couple of weeks. Um, so where, so where the London, if we talk about running, and we can equate it to that, where the London Marathon finishes is in front of Buckingham Palace on the Mall. Um, so the grandstand that was used for that will also be used for the, oh. the coronation this weekend. But it was a. Uh, there's a shed load of police officers and <laughs> stewards and barriers and stuff and um, all started getting really put out at the beginning of the week. And um, so that shuts quite a lot of that area down for a couple of days. And then uh, there'll be plenty of people who go out to watch it and watch the the procession come by and stuff like okay. that. So, yeah. so are park runs all cancelled or is it now that everyone has off work, there's more park runs? No, 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 no. 
No, part run, part run won't get affected by it. No. Okay. Everyone will still be part running, including myself, on Saturday morning. Excellent. Yeah, something yeah. like I read in your bio, you've part. Well, we don't have park runs in the states. Well, not like you guys do. I don't think maybe a version. You do, but not as many. Not as many. Yeah, you've done yeah. like five hundred park runs or something in recent. Well, years? I, I'm I'm about to. I'm, yeah, I've, I'm not quite there yet. I've I've done um, four hundred and ninety six. So. Um, yeah, getting, I'm getting up to 500 and there's only, I think there's just over 500 people in the world who've done 500. So, so it's, yeah, I'm, oh. it's slightly obsessed, but in, in a good way. I see them here on our race count, race in quotes calendars once in a while about these park type runs, but what, what is a park run over there in the UK? So it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's, it's a fight. It's they're the same across the whole world. So it's a 5k run. Uh, predominantly organized, well, organized by volunteers in local communities and parks. Um, you, it, 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 it's very much billed as a run and not a race, um, although it is timed. Um, and um, they happen in, in England at nine o'clock on, on a Saturday morning. Um, in other parts of the world, they're different times depending on uh, um temperature and stuff like that and daylight and what what have you but it, but effectively every saturday nine o'clock 5k run in your local park or um you know in, in lots of local parks around the whole uk and once you register once you can go to anyone in the world um and have your have your time and participation recorded so it's a pretty cool thing um i think there's eight million people registered now worldwide so it's a it's a pretty big deal and it's all free you know you don't pay any money to enter um, not, you know, no one's going to charge you for anything like that. So it's, it's got a lot of people active. That's the big difference. We have a lot of local 5k races here, Yeah, yeah. but almost none of them are free. Yeah. And that's that barrier to entry right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, I suppose I should have said that right up front. It's, you know, absolutely the fact that it's, it's the same time in the same place and it's free and it's owned by the local community makes it a very inclusive um activity for you know for and people feel they can come and join and they can they can run a 15 minute 5k or they can run a 50 minute 5k and they still feel part of it and that's mm -hmm. that's pretty unique actually isn't it so yeah it's pretty cool and i'm i'm obsessed with it yeah i, I go every week <laughs> do you go and and rip or do you go and social run that's what i want to know <laughs> um well um some some weeks i'll try harder than others and some weeks i'll run around with friends and have a chat so that's pretty cool as well you know you i, I don't always you know want to go and bomb it around and i'm getting old now so my, my quicker times are probably behind me but uh it's it's a big social thing for me as much as ever anything about as much as a run um you know seeing friends and knowing they'll be there and not having to arrange anything just rocking up and and doing that that's you know that's a pretty cool part of an important part for mm. me our social, and I'm sure it's like this over there as well, but our Saturday morning social is the long run. Sunday, so does, Sundays. Here. Oh, Sunday. For yeah, you. a lot of Sunday. I mean, okay. people do both days, but but typically it's usually a Sunday. Yeah. Is parkrun allowable to continue on? Can you do multiple laps or would people just continue on jogging elsewhere? Yeah, it's no, you, um, you register one 5K. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, people, there, there are the more serious people who are, will run there, run their 5K and run home or run two or three laps. But it's just recorded as a, okay. as a one 5K, yeah. 
it's pretty cool. And given that you know, it's it, it started out as uh, the the guy founded it, um, was injured at the time, wanted and um, you know to have a a way of socialising with his mates, and invited a few people down to his local park um, just so he could do something on a Saturday morning. Never thought it would grow to to where it is now. You know that's you know it's it's pretty amazing, really, and it's such a replicable um, way of doing stuff. So. Um, you know, I suppose the simplicity makes it easy. Are they chip timed? Uh, no, this um, it's all done off phones, uh. um, and then each individual person has um, a unique barcode. And when you finish, you're given a, a a token that also has a barcode, and you scan you as an individual against the the finisher token. Um, which then links back to the timing system that gives you your time. So it goes down to it's minutes and seconds. It doesn't go down to any further than that. Okay. In terms of timing, I have a few lone wolf wolf clients that um, that really could benefit from running with other people. And I'm just like thinking of a few in my head. It's like very friendly to show up on your own. I know this isn't the focus of our conversation today, folks. By the way, this is a an early tangent, but um, it's pretty easy for just <laughs> anybody to show up. Uh, register show up and feel welcomed right it sounds like yeah that absolutely part of it yeah you, you you register once only once ever and then um then that gives you your unique identifying barcode and then that allows you to go to any part run in the world so yes i've done stuff in across the whole uk but i've also been to canada and done one i've been to germany and done one i could rock up in the states and do one and and i'd be registered in the system and hmm. and that would count so yeah it's it's pretty cool and i, I could talk about it for hours <laughs> <laughs> how is it funded so in, in two ways really well three ways uh it's funded through commercial partners sponsorship partners um through uh, grants from uh things like our lottery fund it um, and then individuals can um, donate as well because it, the part runs a registered charity. So okay. that's where the money comes from. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You should try and get to one. We have them in the city. I'm going to look up here, yep. Kirk. While you steer, I'm going to yeah. look I, up. We need to think about it now. There's, there's definitely a few in the States. Yeah, there, I'm in the Minneapolis area. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been to the Minneapolis Twin Cities area, but we have a, a big no, enough metro in there. No. They're, they they exist here, I know. So they probably exist by you, Bracken. But, um, okay, so uh, we didn't introduce you yet, Tom, and we're like 12 minutes into this, uh, into no. this conversation. <laughs> so we're talking with Tom Carey today. You're over the big pond, and we really like people over the big pond because people like to hear you and your accent talk over here. So either way, people are going to like this, <laughs> whether you spit gold or not. Um, but... I'm trying to think, Tom, how this conversation got started because I think one of your colleagues had sent an email and then it caught my interest when I started perusing the website about what you guys do over there. Um, and you're with a company called Race Nation. You also uh, work with another company. I'm forgetting the name right now. Um, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself just real quick and so the listeners have an idea who you are. Yeah, fine. Thanks. Uh, you're, you're right in saying that uh, I think the introduction came through Race Nation. Um Race Nation is a, a, a registration, event registration, and, and fundraising platform for um, running events and and any sort of uh, mass sporting um, um, event that mm. takes place as well. So yeah, I, I work uh, 
work with that team part-time where I um, look for partners that we work with um, who can collaborate and find, you know, better ways of putting on better experiences for, for people in, 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 uh, in being active. Um, and then my second company, which I've worked for for a very long time, um, is, is called Limelight Sports. And um, we're, we're effectively a, a rights owner and agency um, in the mass participation and, and, uh, and active world space. So um, all of my professional career pretty much has been in helping others, uh, whether that be individuals or charities, brands, whatever, to, to get active and, and benefit from, from taking part in stuff um, in the sort of amateur world rather than the professional sports world. Yeah, so people doing stuff rather than watching. Well, you must be good at it because <laughs> everywhere I look online, you have the same title that people are declaring. You've been named the mayor of running in Ealing. Well, that's that's true. That is also true. So I, I, I'm, I'm involved with a number of voluntary things as well. I, I, I have a real passion for um, getting outside and being active and, and you know, running in particular. Um, so the... the um, the Running Mayors Network is a is a national network in the UK of volunteers who um, look to use running in their communities to uh, you know better their the, the places where they live. So uh, whether or not that be um, getting other people more active more regularly, supporting events in in the places we live, um, promoting active travel, running as a form of active travel. Or, or any myriad of any anything. Basically, um, we we look to um, make sure that people are very aware of the running opportunities that exist, to create new stuff, and and uh, look to get as many people as possible involved. So yes, uh, I am I am a running mayor too. Mayor of running doesn't exist in Milwaukee. Kirk, does it <laughs> exist in in Minneapolis? Uh, no, it's not a voted on or even considered position here in, in the cities. Believe it or not. So, so we we had to. Um, so again, it's founded by an individual who has a real passion for, for making a difference in communities and we all had to apply um, to, to become running mayors and we were vetted as, as being a... So this wasn't a token title that someone casually bestowed upon you? This wasn't a token title, no. This is, this is something I had to apply to become. Um, wow. There was, I mean, I think across the UK now there's a network of about... 65 70 of us so uh, all all volunteers but all all in our own way looking to use running as the mechanism to you know to make our community a better place and um you know as, as we're all volunteers you know people can dedicate more or less time to it um i i'm, I'm very lucky in in the area i live ealing say it again so you can you can remember it uh um we have a pretty active running community anyway um, so we have our, uh, as well as park runs, we have uh, three park runs in the borough for adults. So we also have um, uh, junior park runs, which are uh, for kids events, uh, which are 2K events rather than 5K events. Um, and we have a, a half marathon as well in the borough. So there's a lot going on running wise, and it's just trying to help all those organisations come together um, and look to create new stuff as well. So um, I'm lucky, and there's a really active community already. Um, and part of my job is to you know bring people together so we can do more. Um, 
So it's fun. This has me curious about the running culture in the UK compared to the running culture in the United States. I feel like it's easy to, you know, we look at uh, what we're fed on media and we see professional athletes from all sorts of countries who are at the top end of the running scene. But but really, that's a very small percentage of people who run in those countries or in those places. And I've never heard anything about a mayor of running in the United States, for example. So I'm very curious. No. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because I only look through my own lens. And obviously, if we're in a running community anywhere, we feel like running is a very center part of our life. But could you describe the running culture like as a generality? Is that even a fair question? Like there in the UK or London in particular? Because I don't know what it would be. Yeah, it's it's a fair question. Definitely. I mean, I think um, what has happened particularly say in the last hey it's maybe 20 years or so is that there's been a movement from running being seen as very elite and people in uh you know high cut shorts and vests and um super duper expensive shoes to to running being um you know for everyone and and park runners played a huge part in that in breaking down the barriers to say you know it's accessible so we've we've gone from a culture where there's a lot running was very much around um performance track and field club structures to actually a huge amounts of more um informal groups and organizations using running uh, for different ways so to give you a couple of examples we have um uh something called good gym here which is um and it, and it's really attracted a younger audience to running where people meet at a designated place at a designated time um they run to some a place within their community they do a good deed which might be like a litter pick or um you know helping a food bank or something like that they do that they do that sort of volunteering there and they run home so the the running is part of a other um you know another another activity but it's but it's the focus of why they come together um we've had a lot of um uh, informal running groups that come together and it becomes it's, it becomes much more of a social activity than it does necessarily about the running activity but the running activity is still still important so um i think that, you know the, the space across the uk and in, and in london in particular has evolved that it's become a much larger Running's become much larger, but you know, a much more varied exercise than it having to be around track and field or cross country, and about everyone saying what time did you do and uh, and so forth. And then and then we have a really really um, bountiful and uh, varied uh, event program here as well. So mass participation running events are, are pretty big across the um, across the whole year. Um, and they go from, you know, to events that will have fifty thousand people taking part to to much smaller. But if you if you want to run in a in an event in the UK, you can do it every weekend in probably most most cities or most regions of the country. So so running running's pretty um, pretty big in in the country, and it's, it's probably one of the, the most popular um, activities for for people to take part in in terms of sport. Um, here and um and and it's becoming far more appealing to people of all shapes and sizes ages uh demographics and so forth so yeah it's it's pretty we're pretty in a pretty good state here definitely yeah 
How did you find it first? Did you find it as sport or did you find it as social or fitness or health? Well, I'm slightly shamed into it, really. I, I, um, um, yeah. <laughs> That's how we all get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I was um, very active in sport as a, you know, a child up to sort of, I suppose, my uh, mid-late 20s. But, but I played rugby union cricket. Uh, two two sports that are probably not that big in the in the states, um, much. and then once I um, settled down with my, my my now wife and uh, we had kids and stuff, I I ended up sitting on the sofa for quite a long time and uh, and and uh, not not doing much exercise at all uh, until my wife then decided uh, who, who wasn't a particularly active person decided that she um, uh, was going to run the London Marathon, having seen it. Um, oh, wow. a couple of years earlier um, and decided for her 40th birthday that she was going to run the London Marathon um, and sort of said, yeah, go for it. I mean, she did no running whatsoever um, and, and, um, and, and achieved it, um, which was, was, was pretty inspirational, I thought. Is that like, a, sorry to interrupt, is that like a no running whatsoever as in That's she right. actually didn't run whatsoever or like she just didn't train properly? Didn't run at all. So her first... No, 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 no. She, 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 <laughs> no, no, she did not run before she, she decided to sign up. Um, so, so no, no, she was, she, she played no sport really whatsoever. Um, so it was pretty inspirational. And once, once she started doing that, I thought it was about time for me to try and re-engage with sport. And, and, um, my days of playing rugby were definitely gone at that stage. So, um, it was time to find something new and, and, uh, um running running opportunities were out there and i sort of took to it and that was um oh probably 15 years ago you know maybe even 20 but 15 years ago and and running's become a pretty regular part of my life now and and given me you know a huge amount of enjoyment and um lots of friendships and and new experiences that i wouldn't have done so i've got my wife to thank inspiring me really and uh and and for her determination to say she was going to do something different. Is she into running the way you are now? No, not really. I mean, she still she still does run definitely, um, but not as regularly as as, as maybe I do. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, she she was certainly the inspiration from that marathon. Her first run. How long was it until she ran again? Oh, uh, it's going back a while now uh, that she did it, <laughs> but. Um, um she she she's you know she's she's relatively active still um and you know, she's 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 done many other events as well um, okay so so it did it it wasn't a right i'm gonna do it and never put a pair of running shoes on again she's you know she's kept going so so that's pretty cool so i'm always fascinated by people who find running later in life yeah kirk and i both found it in our elementary mm-hmm. school right and then ran in high school ran at university continued running afterwards uh, finding it after your wife ran a unprepared marathon. Yeah. What was your startup like? Because ours was terrible. You go to practice, you race, you run too fast every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every run hurts. And then you go to races and you go out too hard and it hurts. And it's not a healthy start to running. It's paired very much with negative thoughts. What is it like picking it up after you've done all the other competitive sports that you yeah do. um it's a really good question i mean I, I remember it vividly you know the first time i entered a 
I entered a 5k event that was in, in central London. That was a, a corporate event, um, representing your company to do something and thinking, I've got no idea if I'll be able to run to the finish. You know, I was mm -hmm. not in good shape. I was certainly a lot heavier than I am now. And, uh, and it really hurt. It really hurt. And, but, um, the sort of buzz of being able to finish it was the endorphins are pretty good straight away after that. And, you know, so, um, I, you know, I, I, I just had no real idea of what I was, you know, have no idea of pace, no idea of kit, no idea of expectation. Um, um, so, so, you know, for a while I was sort of just, uh, just thinking, oh, this would be a good idea. I better give it a go, but not really overthinking it. And just, um, I, I, I knew in, in my mind that, um, I needed to be active again. I always knew that I had a lot of enjoyment from being active and enjoying being outdoors and uh, and enjoyed sport. So, you know, I'd still followed mainstream track and field and athletics on, on the TV. So I'd always been interested in it. So, um, but, I, but I'd certainly got to the stage where I was watching a lot, not doing a lot. And I think it was, uh, mm -hmm. I needed a bit of a motivation to do it and, and then sort of got the bug a bit. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would describe myself very much as, um, you know, I don't, I don't get obsessed by, by time or distance. I, you know, I, I do it cause I enjoy it. I think it's good for me. I've made a lot of good friends through it and, uh, and it, and it's clearly a positive in my life. So, um, I, you know, I, I think people can get really hung up in, um, and, and in an unhealthy way about, uh, performance, um, you know, I, I'm not going to win much, if anything. So, so I can, uh, you know, I can be happy with, um, you know, my own individual goals and whatever that that might be. And, um, and I sort of when 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 I speak to others, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I do quite a lot of pacing at events, and and you know, I, I spend time just telling people to stop looking at their watch because that's what I'm there for. You know, you see these people getting so worried about stuff, and you're going, you know just relax this is meant to be fun you know we're not we're not doing this because we're not getting paid it's not our profession we're doing this for uh you know for, for for other reasons so you know try and enjoy it rather than get so stressed about it and and you know that that's sort of my mantra with uh with stuff so you know back to one of your original original questions yeah of course it's nice when i i do push myself and achieve a time and run a bit quicker but it's not my main motivation definitely i'm still stuck on the fact that your wife's first steps were the day of the marathon and how that somehow inspired you. Oh, no, no, they weren't. No, she, no, oh, no, no, no. She, oh, sorry. No, she did train, okay. it, but she decided, she, she decided that, uh, yeah. No, oh, no, no. She didn't just rock up at the start. That's what I was envisioning. No, no, I was no. like, she did the training, but no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, why no. I asked how long yeah. it took her to brave another run. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, no, no. She, she trained. For okay. It. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But but before she'd started on her training journey, she she, she wasn't a runner in the slightest. Mm. Um, and actually, she got she she signed up before she started running. Got it. That was her commitment. Got it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and yeah. Yeah. She did try. God, no, she didn't. Just I would not have let. I don't think I'd have let her just go and try and achieve a <laughs> well, marathon without any training well, whatsoever. That would have been craziness. But well, I was trying to wrap my head around why on earth would this guy want to run after her wife must his wife must have had a god awful experience <laughs> in this marathon. But okay, this yeah, is a little. Yeah. This is a little different. I um. I was doing a little she, math she, here. So. She was in. She was in the inspirations in in terms okay. of 
um, not being a regular runner to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to take on this challenge and, and, and so forth. So you know, uh-huh. yeah, fair play to her. And that's, that's what inspired. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so with the, with running the last 15 years, it's like you must have found um, these park runs and things pretty quick. Something like, I don't know, quick math was like 35 a year since you started, which means you probably did less in the beginning and now you do one every weekend, I'm assuming. So obviously it has become life, right? That, that's pretty fair. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. But on the, the other side, like park runs aside, which I think, I you know, this is more of a thing than I realized that the park run uh, community – like I really wanted to dive into well a couple of things with you, but first of all, um, just to set the stage, both with it's Limelight, is it, and then Race Nation. What are your titles with both, so people understand your positioning within them? Yeah, so so Race Nation, I'm head of partnerships, um, and at Limelight, I'm head of sports. Um, so. Uh, so they, they seem quite uh, glamorous titles, but yeah, the, the, in, in terms of race nation, um, we the, 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 there are lots of platforms you can use to register for events out there, right? So you know, my my job is to to um, a find, find organisations that we can offer services to, but also then look at additional um, add-ons that we can put within our platform to to you know stand out and make us different um, from from others. Um, and then at, and at Limelight, uh, my, my, my sort of role is twofold there is, um, in terms of the events that we put on is, is, is ensuring the sport part that we put on is authentic and done in the right way. Um, but I also then, um, uh, represent the company in a number of, um, industry forums that have, uh, um, that have grown and that, that, that you know, the collaboration forums that, that exist in the UK as well. So, um, but th- th- there's overlap between the two jobs because the industry is 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 very well established, but um, is I suppose is quite small. And a lot of people know each other, um, but they're different enough. That, so you know, I don't. I'm not having to compete in my roles, or there's not you know there's collaboration between the organisations as well, with, informally without being um, you know being a problem. So. Um, yeah, I've I've had some very glamorous titles. I I personally think you know my my job is is to help um, uh, uh, get the best experiences that we can uh, for people to take part in in uh, active experiences. You know, in, in both both facets really, and then connecting others. So you know, we're 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 doing doing stuff in in the best way across you know for, for as many people as possible really. So. As a connector, I suppose, is, is one of my jobs. Are you working with all types of running or specifically a certain type of running? Yes. Um, the, the, in terms of our registration platform, we can cope with any, any type of running. Um, so ultras, mountain, yeah, yeah, uh, parker, all of it? Yeah, track and field as well. Um, okay. um, obstacle racing, you know, whatever it might be. Um, the the big you know big events we're involved with the limelight tend to be uh, city centre um, races, but um, absolutely in the UK now the sort of trail running, ultra running, that's really gaining some traction now, um, and you know there's a lot of those popping up, and you know I think that's quite a, quite an exciting time for us to do different stuff, but. Uh, you know, I think you know one of the things that the running industry's done well over here is is always um, 
um, look for new elements to bring to people. So, you know, whether, whether or not that was, um, you know, the charity, the, cha- the big charity fundraisers that moved into the Tough Mudders or the Colour Runs and, um, you know, now, now to more the ultras and trail running, you know, there's always been new stuff that's come that becomes very popular. So, um, mm-hmm. relays or two day runs or whatever, you know, there's always something new coming. And I think that, that, that makes it quite exciting. It's not always about, well, it's just another 10 K in a city center. You know, we've, we've all done those. You need, you mm. need to do something different to stand out from the crowd. I think we could have used you, you know, about, oh, three years ago during COVID I was, uh, I was perusing your website and we happened to put on a virtual race ourselves, the running public, uh, virtual races to give people something to do. I read on your website that was also something that you guys dove into. And I will tell you what, we had logistical, I mean, just the hours and like the the logistical side, because we just, this was a podunk via Strava, word of honor, mouth. It was like, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. And my poor girlfriend, Jess, was just scouring through results and we we're trying to find, it was just such a mess. And then I go and read on your website, I was like, companies out there exist to help people like us put on a virtual event and 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 i had no idea well it's how yeah it's how my relationship with race nation started it is yeah. all i know yeah. is i was like yeah. so that that yeah. would have been helpful yeah i it, i mean in in on i mean it was a nightmare time wasn't it for everyone across the world it was awful but it, i suppose we were relatively lucky over here and i think it wasn't always the case in all parts of europe that actually people could still get out and run um you know people weren't locked away that was that was one of the things we could do um and uh yeah the the relationship with race nation started through um as as i said i I live in the london borough of Ealing. we have a half marathon we obviously couldn't run our half marathon so um we created a a challenge um, in the month that the half marathon normally would be where people, we picked 13 parks across our local area. um, And um, the the challenge was to go and run in each of those parks over, over the the month um, or do them all in one go. You could choose what you wanted to do. Um, And race nation built the technology to support that for us. So um, actually it was very seamless to have, a great platform that helped us do it. We then had to promote it. We found because no one could do anything else at that time that uh, we had great sign ups for it, and we actually did it twice, um, two different editions of it. And and uh, and yeah, the, the, you know, the technology was such an important part of that that um, um, it, it you know it really helped us. But yeah, we we, we could have done that for you. And, and I, I I'm not a big fan of. Uh, the, the the term virtual races i you know i still think you're doing something um it's not very virtual when you're <laughs> you know, you're you're sweating and you're pounding the pavements it feels very real so you know I, I, you know I, I you know i think i think um the challenges that were set up during that time some of them will you know some of them will survive and keep happening um because they were good ideas and good concepts um i think as replacements for events that's unlikely to happen but uh you know, Strava have done that brilliantly well, haven't they? Over the over mm-hmm. time, um, and really, it was just us trying to pinch that idea, find the the right platform and technology that could help us, and then tell our community about it. And it, and, and it was really popular. So, yes, yeah, so it was good. 
So what's a better term then than virtual racing? Because I agree, it's uh, is it like racing remotely? What what would you call it? Racing from home? Uh, I don't know if we have to define it. You know, I mean, um, they're challenges, aren't they? You know, the, and that's what Strava's done really well. Is you know, we, we've set up another challenge for you to take part of as a as an individual as part of a bigger community. So. Yeah, no, that, that's the problem, isn't it? No one's nailed what the title is, so we all stuck with virtual. Um, yeah, and I and I haven't, I, I, you know, put my hands up and say I haven't come up with something better. But um, hey, you know, I think I think now it's it, when we create something, it's just, it's just another running experience, isn't it? And and it should mm-hmm. become part of that landscape that is a is it in a park? Is it a city centre ten k? Is it a big uh, marathon? Is it a trail run? Is it an ultra? Whatever. It's just another. Another offering in the in the running landscape for people to take part in, and that that can only be a good thing. Mm-hmm. I suppose it falls under time trials. Yeah, may, may, maybe, but it's not always about time, is it? No, yeah. it's always not. Yeah. Well, I give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll open it to the audience. We don't have to define it. We just what we have to do is make sure it's well organized, and if it's well organized, people come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this then. Let's talk about. Two schmoes like Bracken and I decide we want to put on a virtual race or I want to raise money for a cause I care about or I just think my community needs a good 5K to bring people together, right? Like your company, Race Brain exists to help with that, correct? In a sense, as, as far as my understanding. Race Nation. R- race yeah. Nation, I mean, Race Brain. <laughs> yeah. We, we, <laughs> I said Race Brain. That's another no, we. <laughs> we we have a second podcast called Race Brain. That is a Freud slip there. Um, <laughs> so so what's that? What's the process look like in that regard? <laughs> well, um, so so the platform is modular and it's got a load of features that an event organizer can can switch on and switch off basically. So so once the um, the concept of what event you're going to put on is created and and, and so forth. We, we we then can set up a uh, a user experience that um, once people find out about the event, they can then enter seamlessly, find out the details of the event, sell merchandise through it, raise money for charity through it. Um, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a one stop shop basically. Um, so so the the, the platform. Is is as big or as small as as an organizer wants it to be, um, but it's it's all those options sit behind the the, the front facing part of it. And um, um, once an organizer you know, switches certain features on, then hey, then it then it appears and away people can go. And uh, you know we have a um, an event day app that uh, syncs with it as well, so people can then. Uh, look after themselves in terms of where they find their information. We can send them stuff through that. Um, it can have details about the event, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, it should, it should just be a, a seamless experience for someone once they've entered something to, to then um, get themselves ready for, for what they're going to do on the day. So, so hold my hand here a little bit more. I, I like, I want to have an event or I'm, interested in hosting like literally tell me the first step what do i do i'm out there and i'm like i want to organize an event i'm taking initiative what do i email you do i call like what do i need to have or need to know because we well you you, you'll probably do some sort of google search to find out i want a registration platform hopefully we we would appear in your in your search engine and at, at that point yes uh we we have a um customer team that you would contact and uh 
and you would say, help me, I need to set up, I need something okay. that's going to help me register participants, take, you know, take, take payments, etc. What, what can you do? We would then give you a demo of what the functionality is. And then um, if you then need some handholding to, to do the actual physical setup, we, we would do that for you as well. Okay. So basically, you create an idea or a thought, reach out to you guys, and then you will literally help walk somebody through that process. Is what I'm understanding. Yeah, we would. Yeah, we would, and and continue to do that once you've once you're there. We you know we don't just disappear. Then it's uh, we're there to to help because things will always change or evolve or whatever. So yes, we 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 have our team that are on hand to to support and organize throughout the whole journey. And let's say you're like a like a Joe Schmo like I am, I, you know, I'm it's like. I'm not a multi-billionaire. I can't just fund something out of the blue for no, like to support thousands of people. Like how does somebody like middle-class somebody like pay for this or start this? Like, how does that look like how to, cause that would seem daunting, right? Like, where am I going to come up with funds? Where am I going to, how am I even going to start? Right. Everybody's going to ask themselves that question. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and <laughs> I mean, to sort of go slightly off off tack, but uh, it was a friend of mine who had this idea to set up the Ealing Half Marathon. He came to me and said, I want to do this. I'm like, you're absolutely mad. It's going to cost you a fortune. Right. You know, how are you going to get enough money to do it? It, it? Entries won't pay for it alone. You're going to need some partners and sponsors and help from local authorities and, and, and what have you. So, so yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not a straightforward thing and people should go into, if you're organizing an event, you should go into it with your eyes open of what the risks are. Um, and and finances is a big part of that. So um, there's there's certain events where an entry fee, the, the combination of people's entry fees, will be able to fund it, but that's quite rare. Um, and the experience on that um, is going to be relatively basic for someone. Um, so you, you yeah you need other income streams, which which can come from merchandise. It can come from sponsorship. It can come from donations. What, what, what have you, you know, you need, you need to fund, you need to be certain you can, you can raise those funds because, uh, particularly if you're doing something like a closed road event or, you, you know, you're taking, you're hiring a high profile venue, the cost can go up pretty quickly. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you don't want to be in a position where suddenly you've sold tickets and you can't afford to put it on. That's not a particularly pleasant place to be. Um, okay. So one last question then regarding that, because this is right where my mind goes is we started a 5k. I don't know if you guys did this in college Bracken, but we started a 5k, our cross country team in college started the first annual, you know, our college cross country or college, uh, road race. And it still goes on today. Started it back in 2002 and it's going over 20 years now. Yep. A very low budget, very, right. very low to start with. You know, we had our own timing system. We had things that we could use in its place, but like, like, of course, you have to find funding for all of that. But like, as far as you guys go, like, how does that work? Like, we contact you. What's in it for you guys? Obviously, your mission is to help. What What's in it for you guys? Yeah. So, so yeah, we're a commercial business. Correct. So when when somebody pays an entry fee, we 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 take a percentage of that entry. So that's how it. So it so it would be, uh, and not to get too into the weeds, but like, yeah. it's not like here's five grand. Help us out, Tom. It's more like let's help you get the event up and running, and then hopefully we'll we'll take a percentage of whatever yeah, you have. If, if you're if you're going to take um, you as the organizer are going to charge a fee yep. for somebody to enter your event, we we will charge 
a fee on, on top of that, like a booking fee, like you would if you're booking to go to the cinema or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, that That's how we make our, our income. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's what I had figured. I just wanted to understand the logistics side. Like, because if I were to do something again, I might ask for help, right? Once you brack in, like say like, okay, maybe if we want to take an event somewhat seriously, yeah. we would probably need some outside help next time. And so just understanding what you're getting into, I guarantee there's a half a dozen people listening saying, I would really like to put something on in my hometown, or I would love to support, you know? And so it's just, yeah. these are questions I think people would have. That's why I'm trying to dig a little. There's two things really, there's, there's a huge amount of choice in in you know how different platforms we we think our, our platforms are you know a, a strong competitor in the marketplace um but but i think i suppose what's what's changed so much in our in the running industry um you know whatever it might be for 10 15 20 years is technologies transforming it and and what what technology allows event organizers to do is to simplify that process of knowing who's going to take part in your event um, to, to be able to communicate with them easily, um, to take away huge amounts of administration beforehand, and so forth. So, whatever scale you are, if you're not if you're not using some some sort of technology to support yourself, you're probably going wrong. So, what is the wildest event you've taken a part in from a management side? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, um, it's defining wild, isn't it? I, you know, I. I yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll give categories. Yeah. You have like the Montane spine spine race. Yeah. 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 yeah th- those are wild in scope. Yeah. And then wild in some of these crazy add ten different categories into one race and try to do it all. Yeah. So on on either end, scope or in just wackiness. In my in my professional career over the last twenty five years, you know, you've gone from. Um, at Limelight, we've worked for Nike for for a very long time. Nike don't like to do stuff by halves, um, <laughs> and, you know they want to be the biggest and the best. So so the ideas are often huge, um, and it's like okay, that's a brilliant idea. How do we then execute it operationally and logistically? Um, so you know they, they came to us. This is a while back now, and we closed down Tower Bridge in central London. That that's a pretty big deal to do, um, <laughs> and you don't get permission easily to do stuff like that. So pretty wild. It's like right, we're going to run across Tower Bridge, and we're going to do it at night on a Saturday night in London, and it's like that. You know that's that's challenging, and that's pretty wild. I, you know, I, I've not personally been involved in things like the, the the spine race, but you know I know plenty of people who are involved in that. That's a whole different ball game when you. You know, you, you, you're sending people um, alone, basically, to run over high mountains in some pretty interesting weather. That's mm-hmm. that's that's um, you know, it's a what a challenge to take part in. They're seeing some beautiful countryside. Um, you know, that, that 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 that's that's one. That's a pretty extreme race, and you want to make sure that the people who take that on are, are prepared for it in in the right way. Um, so I'm not really answered your question, have I? That's okay. <laughs> no, you opened up a new door. Yeah, which is working for Nike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, um, uh, but you know, I think I think in terms of that wildness, it is one of the things that's changed, doesn't it, in the, in the industry? That, you know, people are now looking for these more extreme challenges. So you see things like you know running across a desert or running the North length of a country or yeah 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 running on the antarctic circle and it's like mm-hmm. yeah i'm quite happy with my 5k in my local park but you know some people want to do all that sort of stuff and you know that's that's one of the exciting things about our industry right in that it's you mm-hmm. know it can be it can be all things to all people 
So contracting with Nike. Yeah. Now over here, Nike has cultivated this interesting aura where people are obsessed with Nike, but they're also the bad guys over here. Right. <laughs> like they, they run the biggest pro running groups. They're kind of always edging the competitors out They're They're cutting every corner that you can try to cut, but worldwide, they're still this, this behemoth of driving success and sport at the same time. Running wouldn't be where it is without Nike. So in the UK, dealing with Nike, what has that been like? What's the side that you get to see? There's no doubt, particularly in London, but I would say across the UK, they're the coolest sports brand. And, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the brand of choice of a younger generation, much younger generation than me. But, uh, um, you know, that, it, 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 it's number one, definitely. And, you know, in, in terms of sportswear and what, what have you, you know, it's, it's so, so when, so we, we've worked with them at Limelight over the years in a whole range of different sports. But if we just focus on running, you know, when they've, when they've done stuff, they've been quite pioneering in what they've done. So they've done, they've been, they've done firsts. Um, so the, it, it seems crazy saying it now, but, you know, one of the first things we did was um, a mass 10K where everyone wore the same colored uh, running shirt I mean that never happened until Nike did it um, so over over the years they've always looked to be really innovative and do something different that you know they, they were the the first big brand here to do women's only races and things like that so so I you know I hear what you're saying um, their running journey here I still you know they're still seen as a very cool brand I think well, they're cool here as well yeah, mm. yeah I think I think one of the interesting things and the challenges they've got is that, that you know they've invested so heavily in um, the carbon plated shoes, um, which which you know are not for your average Joe runner, are they? They're for some uh, from people who want to run pretty quickly. Um, you know they, they've sewn up that market here completely. So if you go to the front of uh, you know any any big road race in the UK and you look at what's on men and women's feet. Um, at the front, you know, on the on the front lines of the event, it's it's a Nike shoe, um, and I think one of the the interesting challenges for them is to re-engage with the sort of more everyday runner should they choose to. But um, but yeah, they're 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 the, they're the they're the coolest sports brand in the UK, definitely. Yeah. Did you have any interaction with them during the Breaking Two project? Um, no, um, but I know I know people who worked on it um, oh, yeah? from the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, yeah, I, I, I it, it's it's great TV and great entertainment. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see, and you know, we might we might not be too far away from it now. Where, where somebody does a two-hour marathon, yeah. two-hour marathon. Yeah. Um, you know, it could even happen at Berlin this year, couldn't it? So, um, um, you know. It, it, one of the things you can always say about Nike is they're innovative. You know, they they, they do they want to do stuff differently, and and it got people you know breaking you know breaking two and you know the, the two editions of the two hour marathon got people talking mm -hmm. about running, and um, you know whatever you think about it, suddenly it was on over here. It was headline news, whereas here too, yeah. Whereas it, you know running isn't necessarily always headline news um, here. So you know. The, yeah, that 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 was a pretty cool thing. Um, I, you know, I I I, I want to see someone break a two-hour marathon in a in a big city event. And uh, you know, the, I've, I've I've forgotten his name. Kelvin 
I've forgotten his surname. Who, who did? Kitum. Yeah, I mean that was. He's not miles away from doing it, is he? No. No, and that's what Nike did. Is there was a paper presented by some scientists that broke down that it's it was physically impossible for a human to run sub two, and Nike looked at it and said, "I think we'll find different science." Yeah, and they just totally changed the expectation. Yeah, yeah, and you know, say what you will about them. They directly changed the horizon of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and this guy's, I mean, he ran a 13 and a bit minute last 5K in marathon running. That's unheard of, isn't it? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I've never run in a pair of carbon plated shoes. Um, they, they're probably not going to make a huge difference to me, but uh, but they clearly make differences to the top end athletes. And they've given, and also, you know, they, they give them confidence, don't they? You know, you know if someone, rocks up on a start line and thinks I've got a chance of doing this. That's you know, a, a big yeah. proportion of the battle. You know, if you psychologically think, well, you know, I, I, I could do this, that <laughs> you're far more likely to do it. And it was like, this is going to be too hard. So, you know, that, they've definitely done that. And, and, and it'd be groundbreaking when it, you know, when it happens in a, you know, a, a real race, if you like. And, and, and of course, you know, who, but it's just a different race, wasn't it, when they did it? But if, when it yeah. happens in a real race, it will be, it'll be you know pretty spectacular news, won't it? And 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 they've played a huge part in that, so I admire that. They'll get the assist for that. Yeah, mm. you thought so. Yeah, I want to talk about um, everything we don't really see or know as far as uh, races go. Uh, most people listening register, they show up, they pick up their bib. They go to a start line, they run a race without any real thought of what's actually involved or the things that we don't even think about, right? Which I know from some event organizers that things can be um, multifaceted and quite um, elaborate uh, or challenging. So what I would like to know on that side of things, like what are all the things as participants we're not like really thinking about logistically? Like let's say a mass event. Let's talk of an event with 10,000 participants. Like what are we not even thinking about needs yep. to happen like logistically? How long have you got? <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we said we were going an hour and a half. So at this point about 33 minutes. But yeah. 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 The, the first thing I think that's – if if you are a participant and you rock up, you've signed up, you've got all your information, you get to a start line, you do your event, you go away happy, you continue your running journey. Event organisers doing their job well. You, you, what you don't want is someone, you know, they're, they're paying their money to be part of an experience, so that experience should be enjoyable, not stressful, right? So um, it's the job of an organiser to take all that away from from somebody. But you're right, behind the scenes. If we're putting on a, you know, a ten thousand person run in a city centre, um, there's a lot that goes on beforehand to make sure that goes well. So, um, hey, I'm I'm going to miss something off, but 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 in terms of getting permissions to be able to hold the event in the first place, you, you've got to deal with a lot of local authorities who can tell you to do that. You're probably going to displace a load of um, vehicles off the road, buses off the road. Um, so you've got to make sure that that's all all arranged, and they've got you know people are happy with that, and it's communicated. Um, your course has got to be measured, and it's got to be accurate. If people if people are running a ten k, they want to run a ten k. They don't want to run a nine point eight k. So you need to get it measured properly. Um, you, you're looking at where your medical facilities are, your aid stations are. 
your stewarding, what infrastructure you need to make people go the right way um, and to be safe on, on doing it. You've got to think about um, if you're in a city centre, there's still a lot going on in that city centre around you. So how does the city centre still operate? So all the businesses that are affected by our event, how can they still serve their coffee or you know have a, have people visit their shop or whatever it might be? So you, you've got to make sure that all comes together as well. As, as well as then all the experience bits. So, you you know, you, 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 people want to get their race number in time. They want to know what their start time and wave is. They want to know their number. They want to know how to tell their friends and family where they're going to be at certain points. They they usually like a good medal, you know. So so there's a huge amount that goes in behind the scenes. Um, and um, on, on a big race at Limelight, we'll have certain people who will work on um, events year-round. Um, you know, as soon as you finish one, you're on to the next iteration of it um so um um yeah i mean logistically it sounds like a nightmare it sounds like so much no it's great well, no, oh, so i i believe you but like so much i don't know if red tape is the right word but like if you were like just to get to the right guy to give you the damn permit to pull the bus route and move the buses over because people got to still get to work the the logistics of just even getting the ball rolling and started just with the paper signed and the days picked and the movement of city pieces sounds absolutely terrifying. I know there's event organizers for like the Boston, let's say the Boston Marathon, where that's their year-round job. Yeah. Their their full-time position is that one thing, to get that, to make sure that happens yeah. on race day. And that's been going 120 years, isn't it, or something <laughs> that event? It's, 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 uh, yeah, and, 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 and I suppose that's part of... Um, the job I've done right over the years is is you've, you you make the connections with the right people. So, you know, the huge task can be broken down into lots of smaller tasks and you get the right people and the experts in place to help you do that. Um, and if it's a repeat event like Boston, it does become easier because people expect it. So, you know, the, the city will close down because they're going to go and watch Boston Marathon on that day and they're not going to go to work or they're not going to take a bus or if they do... You know, they're, they're taking a bus to go and see the event. So, you know, we, we have that with things like the Great North Run or London Marathon. And in, in, in the, the, the sort of uh, disruption that it causes is expected by people. Whereas then other stuff that you do, if it's the first time, you've got to do a lot of um, prep and um, good communication and talk to businesses and residents that you're going to affect. So um, people see an event as a positive experience for the community it's in rather than something that's disruptive so yeah that that you know that that's the that's the fun you know you know if we do our jobs right throughout throughout the year people have a great running experience they'll come back so uh, and they'll continue to run so um you're experts in podcasts i, I you know i i i'm my my life has been around um mass participation running events so I should I should have learned something over the years. Is there a size of event that you won't work with because it's too small or too big to be worth the hassle for what comes back your way? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I haven't come across one too big yet. Um, <laughs> um, Smoking like a true businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, outside of running, um, I've been involved with a cycling event that had 80,000 people turn up. Um so, so that was pretty big. Um, um, too small's an interesting question, I think, because 
yeah, look, both the businesses I'm involved with are, are commercial businesses. So um, we, we have both businesses have elements where we want to support organisations that actually we, we may not make money from, uh, but we can't do that all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, but then I think I think this is where um, the, 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 again the running world has, has, has done has it has evolved and, and the Nike are a fantastic example of it. Um, we we tend to do stuff in there running now, which isn't around a big city centre closed race for twenty thousand people. It might be an intimate. Ten people are lucky enough to. Um, go and run with one of their elite athletes on a unique experience. So, so scale in that, so, you know, and there's, and there's a lot mm. less that goes into organizing that uh, it's a quicker turnaround, you know, they might be competition winners, but you still want them to have a, a seamless experience. So, um, yeah, you, if, if you're a business and, and, and you're trying to make money out of something, then you've got to make an assessment of, is it, fe- you know, uh, the idea that someone has, is it feasible to do? financially and logistically um but you know you can, experience gives you the the ability to make those choices uh, you know I, I, there's some there's some mad crazy running events aren't there that are huge huge there's, there's the stuff in ethiopia i mean the great ethiopian runs like eighty, ninety thousand people or it was i think at its peak it's like you know that would be i'd love to go and get involved in something like that i think it'd be complete chaos but um but you know, um, you know, you know, why not give it a go? And, and the principles are still the same. You know, if you're doing something for ten people or ten thousand people, the principles in what you're trying to do are probably still the same. We've had a kind of a rash of uh, trail races or ultra races um, really failing in their execution over here since COVID. Right. You've had a lot of people jump into the space, realizing fitness is through the roof right now in the U.S. since COVID hit. People are getting outside. They started during the pandemic and people come in to make money at the races, not necessarily because they have any knowledge or background. And so when you, if you would have these different, if someone comes to you, what are the red flags you look for in a race organizer or management company that you're like, this is a no fly zone for us? Yeah. I, um, yeah, that's a good question as well. I mean, to, to step back in the UK, what's been interesting with us is actually, COVID has taken some of the organisers out of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so because running and events became super, super popular, there were a lot of people popping up and thinking, hey, there's a buck for me to, to make here and put on stuff. And actually, they, they some of those companies haven't survived um, mm-hmm. the pandemic and, 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 and have closed down. Um, it's hard to say... Hey, it's this red flag or this red flag. I, I, I personally, I would want to know how long the company's been in business, um, what they've done in the space um, previously. Um, we we have, um, uh, I suppose, like a TripAdvisor equivalent called Race Check here. So you know, review sites. Mm. Pe- pe- people are not shy and give their opinions about races, are they? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There was never enough. There's never enough toilets. We all know that. But um, yeah. um, didn't get my medal. Yes. Yeah. So, so you can do your research as a as a participant into if something's a repeat event. If if it's brand new, hey, who's behind it? Um, and if if you've never heard of them, if they've got no pedigree in the running industry, and that doesn't mean they have mm-hmm. to be an organizer. Um, you know, 
you probably want to look into a bit more before spending your your well earned money, don't you? But uh, um, it does, you know, we all started at doing our first race at some point, so mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I don't want to say that never go to someone who's doing it for the first time because they might do something brilliant. Um, but you can usually find out more about. And that's what the internet's done for us, isn't it? You can find yes, out about is. everyone. Yeah, there's no secrets anywhere. So, um, so you know, it, do your research. And and I think uh, if if you if you're taking on something that's a bit more extreme, um, um, you know, the trails and ultras, you may well be running by yourself in a more remote remote location than you would be, say, in a city centre event. If, if I'm a non, if I'm a not particularly experienced athlete in that scenario, I would want to be asking myself, you know, if I do get into difficulties, what is set up for me to, if I have a problem, whether it be, you know, a, a, a medical issue or I got lost or uh, my kit fails or whatever it might be, or it gets dark and what, what's in place to support me at that time, and that, that's a very reasonable question to ask an organizer if it's not in a it's not you know it's not answered already in a website or a, you know frequently asked questions or in the, the race information so you know uh, race organizers should provide detail to to make people feel that they're going to have a safe and fun experience in what they're doing fun fun sometimes that might not be true you know if you're running an ultra there'll be times when it's not particularly fun but you know what i mean and uh, the opportunity for fun yeah the opportunity for fun and the the opportunity is to succeed i suppose um um so uh yeah yeah i mean that i suppose does that answer your question i think i think that probably i think so yeah 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 yeah. brecken and i have uh we've waffled or toyed around with the idea of of holding a race ourselves in person um breck and i've talked about it maybe a destination race maybe where one of us lives we've hinted at it on our podcast before but we've never followed through with it it's just in its infancy stages um but there seems to be a demand right from our listening audience what are the legal considerations guys like us should consider when trying to organize an event are they as are they as daunting as i would just guess they could be or are they, is it like, hey, if I want to have a church run and I think two to 300 of the congregation are going to show up, can I just run them on the sidewalks and not ask anybody for permission? And if somebody happens to die of a heart attack, I can, I'm cool. Or like, what do we, what do we not think about in the legality side? Because when Bracken and I talk about this and you don't know this, Bracken, my mind goes there pretty quickly. Like, what's the legality of what, what we're potentially doing? Can you fill me in on that? <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, I mean, it will vary um, country to country, state to state, region to region. So there will there will be a set of rules and regulations that you should abide by, um, and your governing body will probably have something that guides you through that. Um, so you know what 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 actually makes this you know the best practice to put on something that you want to do. But um, um, I think it would be a mistake of an organizer not to at least engage in a conversation with somebody um, in in a authority within the region you're doing it to say, hey, we want to do this. Is there anything you need to know we need to comply with? Um, how do you help us with it? Um, but also then I would um, 
as organisers, you you want to set terms and conditions that you're advertising that a participant needs to agree to taking part with, because of course it's reliant on you to to do something that is well organised, is safe. Um, as we said before, give someone a chance of success of completing it, uh, a good chance of doing that. But you also will have a requirement to put on, put out services that, um, that, that help someone do that, you know, whether or not that's directional signage, um, stewards and marshals on a course, medics, if someone does get in, mm-hmm. you know, there will be different um, requirements mm-hmm. of you to do it. But you've, you, if I, what I want, if I, if I, if I, at the end of an event, have got a um, an issue, I, I probably haven't considered well enough. Who's, you know, have I, have I done everything that could be reasonably expected of me to take someone's money and make them do something, allow them to do something that uh, that that they, you know, they they shouldn't come to harm on. Uh, now, of course, there's, there are there's some more extreme events out there. Um, we we get obsessed in this country um, through the Barclay Marathons. Everyone saw the oh, the yeah. Netflix. Now, now that's not for that's not for normal everyday athletes, is it? So, the chances of of causing a you know getting disoriented, lost, injured, what what have you, are going to be way more difficult than say you know, a 5k in your local park. So, so the the requirement, there will be a legal requirement, but I always want to think to myself, you know, have I taken um, the steps or have we as an organisation taken the steps that are reasonable uh, and proportionate to the activity that we're putting on? And that, that, that applies if you're putting on a running race or, a, you know, a festival or, a, you know, any type of, you know, shopping experience, whatever you got, you, you have, you, you have it bestowed upon you to, to, to make people who are coming to visit you uh, feel like that, you know, you've, you've got stuff in place for them. So don't get worried about it. Just plan it. Plan uh, it before. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Don't worry about those details. No, worry, 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 worry about the detail, but worry about it before you go live. Okay. So, you know, work out what your, your execution plan is and, and what you need in place that then, then the night before the event, you can sleep and go, it will be fine. Big events, let's say Boston, London, Tokyo, anything. If you just had to guess, what are just the insurance costs, like liability-wise? What do you think? I mean, are they in the te- is it just astronomical or is it not? Um, that's a very difficult question to answer right. because basically I would have thought, well, I know all of those organizations will do multiple events throughout a year. Oh, sure. So so they'll probably have a policy that covers them as a total organization for their entire business operation rather than one single event. Um, but yeah, everyone will have insurance. Um, and, and, it, and there'll be a whole range of that, you know, and they'll be called different things in our country compared to, to your country. But we'll, we, we make sure that we'll have a... You know, a public liability insurance. You know, something that covers our, um, our you know, our, our employees and and um, the staff working on it. Um, we won't necessarily always have a cancellation policy uh, because that can sometimes get very, yeah, um, cost prohibitive. So, so again, you're you're you need to weigh up the risk of what you're doing with an insurance policy that that is right, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, big big events will spend a fair amount of money on on insurance because 
you don't want to be exposed. Kirk, back in either 2012 or 2013, the number that was floated around was that Spartans uh, insurance for the U.S. for the season was $400,000 and that it was going up significantly is it either 12 or 13 and that it was set to like triple in the near future. So that's, it's just like a starting point a oh. decade ago. Yeah. And, but if you look at Spartan, the, the, the chances of people injuring themselves are right. higher than a regular. 10K. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, you know, this, this is where country to country will vary again, you know, the terms and conditions and expectations of people and, you know, are, are people um, predisposed to make a claim against an organizer in some? Not time? in this country. Uh-huh. Some some organizations will find that you know countries the people will will make claims far more than they will in others. So it doesn't surprise me with something like that. And and you know, some, a, a Spartan or a Tough Mudder, they're putting in a huge amount of infrastructure, so they're building stuff as well. So um, you know, we, we we don't do obstacle racing. As, as, as an organization here um but when when you're building something like that that's a whole whole side of insurance that you need for those you know th- those structures that you're putting in that are not um in the space normally right. um, so so yeah that, that doesn't surprise me yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah but yes if you're going to do something make sure you've got insurance but I, if you're going to do something relatively small and relatively local it shouldn't be cost prohibitive. Okay. I guess I was just kind of curious about that then. Um, so if like you, if you're hoping to put on a race, like, like Bracken asked the question about too small or too big. And you said, of course, nothing's too big. Bring it too small. Like if it's a, an inaugural 200 hope, hope we get 200 people type event is, is that still, is that still in your wheelhouse? Yeah, race nation. We, we, we have uh, event organizers who, who go from the, hundreds of participants up to you know to the, the the thousands of people so as a platform it copes with it um and because um the functionality is built right so it's you know there's this templated modular system um it, it you know it, it'll work for small to big um it's just it depends you know what, what features you want in that um um the cost is still the same um for any size of event we're really in the weeds now, mm-hmm. but uh, in, in the race style formerly known as virtual races, <laughs> do those abide by many of the same rules? Do these organizers need insurance? Should they? Um, we didn't have it. Tell you that. <laughs> I, 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 what I would what I would say to any organizer is when you are the promoter of something and you're taking somebody else's money and you are guiding them on an activity that you have said, this is what you will be doing on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an element of responsibility. And if um, in, in, our, in our virtual world, of course, somebody running from their doorstep to do something, the, the risk, inherent risk of that is probably less than if you're doing something running over a mountain or through a desert or whatever. So should you have insurance? You, it, I, I would ring my broker, our brokers, and say to them, this is what we're doing. What? Give me some advice. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably try and sell me insurance, won't they? Because that's <laughs> what they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, but, but uh, I, you know, I just... I, the worst thing is being exposed, isn't it? 
so something happens and you haven't got cover and it it wasn't hugely cost prohibitive for you to put on and you didn't take it it, it, that's a difficult position to be in afterwards isn't it Mm -hmm. then you know that that could shut down your business it could affect it could affect yeah that's true other parts of your life that you don't want it to do um and i i I would just say in in the your virtual example it may be that you don't require it but um but you can have a conversation with a professional who can who can tell you how exposed you are if you know and and it probably that scenario is probably not going to be that expensive so why wouldn't you Mm. we got away with it on that one i'm not an insurance salesman Uh by the way (laughs) (laughs) no no because it may be that you didn't need it and and, you know i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm just saying we had people drinking beer and running at the same time for one of our competitions i figure there's got to be some legality there did they embrace that with open arms who knows did you uh, did you have a set of terms and conditions? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ish. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sure you did. Bet. If you had a set of terms and conditions, and you're outlining what people are responsible for and what you're responsible for, that's a great start. Totally. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, moving on. Um, what? Uh, as move on. As we yeah. work on sort of wrapping this thing up, Tom. Um, what are we not asking that we should know about? that side of sport as athletes we take it for granted bracket and i have been showing up to start lines since we were 12 years old and it's just like there it is well my biggest gripes up to point might be oh they ran out of shirts in my size or the course was poorly marked and i took a wrong turn which can be frustrating once in a while like one time an event went under before it started they had my money i was like what now right but like we've just been taking advantage of the system and I've had positive experiences in general, but like, what are we not, th- is there anything we didn't ask or we didn't, th- we're not thinking about in regards to any of this that's like worth the talking point? Yeah. Um, I suppose running and running events should be treated like anything else in life. You know, we, we've all turned up to a restaurant or, a um, you know, a shopping experience where it's not been as, you know, it's not been quite how we wanted it. Um, so if you're a regular eventer, occasionally that's going to happen. Now, I suppose what I, I would say is it's very easy to go onto social media and badmouth something. Invariably, an organiser, most organisers are, are trying to do things for the right reasons. You know, they're trying to... Um, they're not in it to make a quick buck. They're in it because they think they've you know, got a smart idea that um, will put something on that attracts people to come and do it. I, I think as as participants in that, be aware of what goes into the organisation, that someone is trying to do things in the right way. It's very easy to be a keyboard warrior and actually take that gripe or individual... Um, um, you know that whatever whatever's caused you a problem, take it back to the organizer first and discuss it with them because they probably can give you an answer or or help you or reimburse you or give you an entry into a future race or explain why it happened that it, it, you, you, know, you don't want it to blow up on on social media that that's that's what I find one of the things that I find most sad at the moment and and, it, and of course that's social media people 
going mad on social media isn't exclusive to running events, but uh, but I, but I think just be just be as as participants be aware of what's gone into it and be aware that like with in, in any walk of life, occasionally things will go will go wrong. Um, what I mean, what other things I, I that, that I would that you haven't asked me, I, you know, I've, um, I, you know, I think I think there's uh, responsibility of people knowing what they're getting themselves in for. Um, we as organisers have a responsibility to do stuff for participants, but you know, going back to what we talked about, right? It, you know, my wife who did train for a marathon, but you you thought she didn't. <laughs> Correct. You know, pe- people shouldn't rock up to something. People shouldn't rock up to something that you know they, they're just blagging. Um, so take take responsibility as a participant. Have some respect for what you're doing um, and what you're undertaking um, up front. You know, I think that, that that's just you know. That's what I would expect of someone. If 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 you are signing up for one of my an event, I'm 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 part of. That I'm part of the organisation from. I would hope that you've you've come with a degree of preparation for it, um, and knowing what you're letting yourself getting in for. And if uh, you know if that's a five k run around the park, of course that's far more achievable. If you're going to run walk it than you know, taking on an ultra or, or, or you know, running across mm-hmm. a mountain. So again, I've not massively answered your question, but I, I think it's, it's that, it's that uh, the respect goes two ways. You know, you have an expectation of the event. We have an expectation of you as, as, as a, a participant. And, and if, and if the, um, the communication's right and the, you know, the information's right both ways, then, um, you know, there's usually a way of sorting out anything really. And I think, uh, we we often have people who will take part in the biggest events that we do, but will have something individual that they need that's special or whatever. We can usually facilitate that. So if we know about it in advance, we can usually do something. So um, of course, that we don't want twenty thousand individual requests for something, but uh, you know, if we get blind runners or we get uh, wheelchair bound runners or. Um, we have people who who don't like being in crowds but want to be part of it. You know, so you, you have all. D- if you know about that, you can probably help someone. So it, it's it's sort of that respect is the is the thing that I would I would ask of people. That did spawn one one follow up question. What something you'd said, uh, and then I think I'm out of questions. Um, is is it is it a fool's dream to get in? to like organize a race series or an event with the hope of making money does the most what you see do these races that pop up is it a fool's dream to think this is going to be my business idea versus like it needs to be a passion project and just fund itself do you know what i'm saying is this what do you see mostly i I know exactly what you're saying the two businesses i work for so race nation was founded in 2014 it's still going strong and and growing um so that would say that you know they're doing something wrong. Limelight's over thirty years old now, um, so it's not done in the right way. No, but there are there are a lot of um, organisers who have that, as you say, like passion projects that want to do it, and 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 it's um, if you if you want to do something right at the outset, you need to be very clear of what you're wanting to achieve and what your end goal is. You know, it may be. Um, 
that you've just got to break even. It's not about making money. It's about not losing money. That's very different to a, you know, a profitable business. I would assume that'd be the best case scenario. That if we were to start a race, it'd be like, as long as I'm not paying out of my personal bank account when this is all said and done, I can't imagine asking for anything more. So that's my assumption, which most go into it with, but I could be wrong. But that, but that's you as an individual putting on something that might be smaller. If you, if you decide that you as an individual are going to close down your city centre and have 30,000 people <laughs> sign up for an event, I would tell you you're absolutely mad. Right. But if, 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 you know, and you're going to lose money and um, you might make some money in the future, but you're going to lose money in the first few years. If you said to me, I've got the backing of X brand and city centre and they're going to pay me this and blah, 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 I'm going to bring these experts in to help me and I've got a business model that funds it, then you've got the basis of doing something, haven't you? Um, it, it, and and it's about it's about it's about understanding upfront what you're trying to achieve, and is that is that realistic? And being very honest with yourself. Um, if if you go into something thinking I'm going to make a fortune, you're probably not doing it for the the right reason. Okay, I'm satisfied. I was curious. Yeah, we we, we all want to make some money, but. Um, putting on big mass participation events you're probably not you know it's not you're not all swanning off into the caribbean holidays on the on the basis of your your event but you can make a living out of it no no doubt um but, but it's it's knowing what you're trying to achieve up front and being very honest with yourself that's 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 good advice i would, I would say last thing i want to know is how often do you get out and actually experience the events that you, with your two companies, work with? Are you? Is it kind of compulsory that you feel the event out, or do you not get to most of them? Um, I'm in a really fortunate position now, as you know, having been in the industry and, and worked for quite a long time. In in there'll be days when I'm absolutely 100% working as part of the event team. And there'll be days when I can actually go and participate in in some of them as well, um, but I would also say that you know it's I think it's a great thing for an organizer to put one of their organization into an event because we all have um, we all create a, a you know a, a journey for somebody to go through, and we mm-hmm. all think it's perfect, but we don't do it ourselves. So we rely on feedback from others. So go and you know, if you can go and experience it yourself. You know some of the things that we thought were really important as organisers. You might actually not think they once you're doing it yourself, you might go, well, that wasn't important in, in at all. So, so so that sort of secret shopper um, element, I think, is a really good thing to do. Um, and, and and I'm lucky um, in that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have to work a lot of events, but I also can participate in some, and 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 it's also good to go and do other people's events, isn't it? Because you learn from them, um, so you, you know you'll see things that other people do and go, "Hey, that was great. We should be doing that as well." Or they didn't do that very well. We must make sure we don't make that mistake. So, so, um, and I enjoy doing events. Hey, I like I like I like getting the bling at the end of it. I like the medal. I've still got all my medals in a box. I never I never look through them, but I've got a box of medals of stuff I've taken part in previously. So um, so I must enjoy it. But uh, um, you know, I I, th- I think it's really important to be a participant as well as an organizer because it, it you know it teach you so much. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank this you. This has exactly. been a, an illuminating look into that side of the industry that we take for granted and we generally talk about when something goes wrong.
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So don't talk about it on social media. Talk about it to the organizer first. That is a good piece of advice. Yeah. And hopefully I've satisfied you with my uh, English accent enough. <laughs> um, it makes everything to, sound better. To, uh-huh. to, 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 uh, during the coronation weekend, you, you're, you're right on, yeah, you're right on theme this weekend, having me on. So yeah. That's exactly so, why we. Yeah, yeah, good planning, uh-huh. good planning. Guys. Is it is it race nation dot com? Is that where people where people find you guys? They can go to that anywhere yeah. else that people should look for you. Yeah, yeah, uh, just yeah, race. Just just check if you googled race nation, you'll find us. If you Google limelight sports, you'll find us. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate um, you having me on, and, and I've really enjoyed it. Have a good one, and you. Yeah, thanks for your time, Tom. Thank you. Mm-hmm.